Today we're talking with Shane Claiborne. And we're going to talk about community in 2020, as well as topics that have been going on during this time. That and more on today's episode, Jackson Cloud. Now we are going to play Let the Spy Fall. I don't think that's the song. We will stand tall. And here's how it works. is more or less one of us is a spy and the other two are not. I have three cards for us. We do not know the location where we are at. The card is going to tell you the location you are and the person, like what your job or character is in that place. So you need to live out that character. One of you... Or me will be the spy, and the spy has no idea where they are and has to, through conversation, try to figure it out and not get caught. If they do get caught, then they lose. Obviously, that's how games work. Okay. So, wait, no, no, no. Doesn't the spy have the chance to guess the location in order to win? Yes, but obviously they, they have revealed that they are the spy, so if they right. are wrong... They lose. You also are given uh, the sheet as to all the locations there are at that point so that mm-hmm. you can make, like, I think we're in this spot. So it's supposed to be eight minutes, but because, you know, this is our show, we're going to give it four minutes per round, especially because there's only three of us. So uh, here we go. So wait, what do I do when I go first? You just so, ask one of us a question. Yep. So you, you will ask, say you ask me a question, I would answer the question, and then I would ask one of you two a question. So whoever gets the question asked, then asks the next question. Ready, go. What is your favorite thing to do? Oh, obviously this. You're enjoying this. Is that a question? I mean, you kind of look like you're enjoying this. Or are you not? That's, that's still a statement. Ask me a question. I did. Or are you not? I am quite enjoying this. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Your turn to ask the question now. Mm-hmm. To who? I am deciding. Have you had anything to eat? Yes. Pause game, Casey's a spy. I I also think that. (laughs) (laughs) We got in one minute before we figured it out. When you're the spy and you have to start the question, that's always hard. We were just at a... Corporate uh, party. Yeah. There's food at a corporate party. Yeah. Yeah, but we could just tell from the way you were acting that you were the spy. All right, let's let's try another round. What were you? I was the MC, which I forgot to read. Oh, I was the party crasher. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just figured based on the way the card looked that you were having a good time. Did my first question at least sound okay? What was the question again? No, you paused too long. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to do that before my questions, whether I'm the spy or not. Yeah, so pausing is just kind of thing. I would too say that before we play, just to throw everybody off. Okay, where are we going this time? Nobody knows. Let's find out. Everybody see who you are. 
Four minutes. Can the spy make it? Ready? Go. Hello, stranger. Okay, once again, I don't think you understand. You're supposed to be asking questions. I wasn't done with my statement, maybe. No. You have nice... That That's still a statement. Sounds like a statement. No, still you not haven't a question. heard the statement. You have nice... Breathing? You can't just... That's called a make compliment, Make it sound no, like... It was a question mark at the end and magically make it a question. That's fine. not a it's question. Fine. Spanish. All right, fine. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, I can do this. I can do this. Question. I don't think you can. Question. What brings you out this far? Stars. Your turn to ask a question. I know. You don't know how to ask questions either, huh? <laughs> I want to ask a question about you. Feel free. Is he supposed to be here? Is that asking me? Yes. Yes? Casey's a spy. Seconded. All in favor? I disagree. Oh. And? Because Olivia's the spy. Dang she it. was agreeing with you. Dang it! So that she no, would win. I knew she was, but then she said stars! How did she say stars? Because you were, you were acting like an alien! I was an alien! You did this! I was like, this is a huge giveaway! Yeah, I forgot when I did it. I was like, no, don't do that. It's too late. But then she said stars! I was like, there's no way she's that I was the doctor! There's no way she's that accurate the first time. This this was all Olivia my wins. fault. It was your fault. It was my fault. I'm very upset about it. This is not going well. The probability of that is 17.5%. Just the fact that she said stars, I'm like, that's too well accurate. <laughs> all right. I'll take credit for that one being my bad. Yeah. Okay. Back to the top. Felt like I won that one because I knew it was Olivia. Where will we go this time? Nobody knows, but Olivia is first, whether she is a spy or not. Everybody check the card. Here we go. Kick it off, Wichita. Are you allowed to be here? I was forced here. What about you? You allowed to be here? Why are you talking to me? Wait, I probably should actually answer that. Um, yeah? Um, Am I allowed to be here? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you searching for? Life answers. Sorry, I think Olivia's the spy. I also think Olivia's the spy. <laughs> I am the spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just the only answer to that question ever is life answers. Pirate ship. He was on a pirate ship. 
We're searching for gold. And I was a slave, so like I wasn't supposed to be there. So I was like, does she understand what we're talking about? See, that's this why is really hard with three people. It is. I don't like this game because I'm bad at not being the spy, but I'm also bad at being the spy. Where will we go I'm now? I'm bad at being everything. Two people know, right. one person Casey's doesn't. Casey's asking a question this time. Yep. Casey is the starter. Casey, kick it off. Wichita. All right. What brings you here? Oh, you know. I know you know. You get to ask the question now. I know. Did you check out that room? Not unless someone asks me to. Can I help you? If you bring me a martini. I'm a spy, we're in a hotel. Am I right? No. Dang no. it! Dang it! It would have been so cool! 40 seconds! Just, hey, here's what was going on. Casino. Duh! Duh! I can't lie that long. I had to go for it. <laughs> I knew Jamie was a spy. I knew you knew. That's why I was trying to get over with. This game's the worst. <laughs> to be fair, okay, this is, this is what's so hard about this game, is you have to be vague so the spy doesn't figure it out. But also, if you're vague, everyone will think you're the spy. But the fact that I threw in martini made him think hotel. Which, what were you actually that I time? Was, I was, no, I was. I was already thinking hotel. I was the dealer. I am now the starter. And here we go. You enjoying this? It's, it's a little bit more pressure than I thought. Where should I go? Not sure where you should go. Depends on which floor. What do you need? Oh. <laughs> you know. You know what I need. <laughs> I mean, okay. You came to me. You know what I need. Jamin's a spy. Part of me thinks you're saying that because you're the spy. And, and the other part of me believes you. So I'm not sure. Because I do not have the spy card. He is the spy. I need to hear a few more questions yet. So right. I'm not going to say yes to either of those. Unless you're the spy and you're trying to throw us off. I mean, I if you think that, but... That's the spy would agree idea. with me if it was you. So, not if. Go back to asking questions before the time runs out. Jamin, you never started the timer! Ah! Ah! Uh, we'll just say we're four minutes in. What? No! <laughs> not that that matters. Uh huh. <laughs> I think that was a joke, so go back to I'm the spy! <laughs> so, where do you think we are? I was gonna say a hotel again, but I don't know. Hospital. No, it was the hospital. Then you do know why I was there. Wait, what were you? You exactly knew why I was Pathologist. there. Pathologist. Then you know why I was okay. there. I was the intern. Why are you so suspicious about my good answer? 
Because you've used that twice Shaman in a row now. Shaman being the spy is really fun. I don't like this game. It's scary. I like Shaman being the spy. It's much more entertaining than when I'm the spy. Check your card. Wait, who is Jamin's first ask questions this time? Yeah. Did I? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Ready, go. Can you please pick up your trash, miss? Yes, sorry. I didn't think anyone was watching. I was watching. Where were you hoping to go? Uh, to the left. Casey's the spy! Casey's the spy! <laughs> 25 seconds, a new record! Casey is definitely the spy. It's mostly the laugh that comes after that gives it away. It's like, I don't know how to lie. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can Yeah, yeah, yeah take a guess, take a guess. Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't win, because we still got you, but yeah, you at least guessed the right one. Oh, uh, to the left? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was the total laughter. Yeah. Just kind of ruined it. I'm, I'm bad at this. I am bad at this. I will admit it. It's all I right. Just, We're I, all bad at this, apparently. I feel like you just wrote a SpongeBob script or something. Patrick, where are you going? Uh, to the left. To the, to the left. left. I always go left, SpongeBob. <laughs> All right, final round. Who will be the ultimate winner? Ultimate winner rules go like this. Whoever wins the ultimate winner round is, in fact, the ultimate winner. All victories before that do not matter. Here we go, and... I asked the question. You asked the question. Where can I get some food? That's what I'm here for. What would you like? Is my question back to you. Oh, you're <laughs> actually asking it back. Yes. I think some breakfast would be good. Mm. One moment, please. Mm-hmm. That's my question. That's, that's a statement, <laughs> Jamin. Uh, uh, you just asked me a question. It's my turn again. Okay, all right. Keep going, this is Anything great. Anything you were hoping to see? I was looking to see um, what the most popular thing was. Try to choose. I knew before you even had. Uh, I like how we just looked at each other and went, Do we want to let this go on? Or? I want to be vague, but the most popular thing. <laughs> this game is so short with three people. When you have, like, you know, what? You got to have a lot eight of Eight to ten. It's, yeah. it's very fun. Give us the spy a I mean, chance to too. get All an right. idea where the questions so, are going. Breakfast food. So I'm going to say restaurant. Nope. You were on a train. All right, today on the Jackson Cloud, we are excited to have the one and only Shane Claiborne. Shane, thanks for calling <laughs> us today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, now, uh, we'd originally got you on the line because we've tried to launch this kind of online church. Uh, we've got one that does dinner church to reach a lot of homeless and impoverished people in our area. One, a nerd church to read kind of reach kind of Comic-Con crowd. And then uh, this was kind of like an online church, partially because we know there's a lot of people who are too sick to go to church. Uh, then there's others who um, just may not risk it during a pandemic, we're not sure. So <laughs> we knew that if we were gonna do this, one of the important things was gonna be community. 
and that's usually what's sometimes lacking a lot of the online things that we've seen during Corona. Um, but we've also talked about racism in past weeks, as well as red letter Christianity. So there's plenty of topics all across the table here that you can hop into when <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever feel it bubble up. So, uh, but with that being said, yeah, um, it might help if people, if anyone doesn't know a little bit about your story, just uh, might help to kind of start there where that all came from. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks again. Yeah, it's great to be able to connect with some folks. And um, I, I grew up in Tennessee. I'm actually down in Tennessee where I grew up hanging out with my mom and dad and family here during the pandemic a little bit. And we've been, um, we've had a community on the north side of Philly. We've been sort of forming for the last 25 years or so. Woo, back in the 1900s, we started. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, we've been, we were really inspired by the early church in the book of Acts, which is we read it. It says, you know, no one claimed any of their possessions were their own. They shared everything they had. They, met um, and worshiped in each other's homes. So there's this kind of vision, uh, not of mega church, but micro church, you know, and of like living the gospel out of dinner tables and living rooms and sharing things together. So we were, we, you know, we, we pulled our money together, me and some of my college buddies and uh, bought a house. And then we grew it into a village over the last couple of decades. And we've got community gardens and murals and, you know, affordable housing that we're creating now and stuff, probably a lot like things you're doing down there, you know, but uh, I think when, when it comes to this idea of community, um, we're all, we're all made to love and be loved. You know, we've kind of made this idol out of individualism and stuff. But I think, um, you know, when you look at scripture, uh, God creates humanity from the dirt, breathes life into it, and then doesn't pronounce it really good until they're together helping each other. And, you know, and says that, we, you know, we're not meant to be alone and we're created literally in the image of a God who reflects community, father, son, spirit, you know. And so that whole story um, even, you know, weaved all through the scripture of God liberating the enslaved Hebrew people, you know, the Jesus saying where two or three of you gather with me, like God is forming a community. And certainly that's what we were after, you know, so Jesus lived with this little community of folks that uh, um, he, he spent his whole life with. So I think that's what we're trying to figure out is how to um, get out of that individualism and, and, find deeper community with folks. And it's tricky in the pandemic. You know, I, I think someone said, we, we sometimes talk about Lent, you know, as a time where you give up things like chocolate or soda or alcohol or whatever, you know, and it's like we've been forced uh, in the Lent of all Lents here to give up community in some ways or, or a certain way of connecting. Because no matter how good the virtual stuff is, it still can feel a little flat, you know. So I think we got to get creative and have imagination. So that's why it's great to be with y'all. Yeah, and uh, they might enjoy the story of part of the way that your community came to be when we talked uh, on a podcast for when we were launching Dinner Church, and we'll relink re this to the Jackson Cloud as a bonus episode, but we talked something about a grenade bringing you all together. Is this... Oh, yeah, this we did, <laughs> yeah. So when, when we bought that first house, it was a belonged to this World War II vet, and he passed away, and of course, we, we got it from his family. Um but we're cleaning this house out. We found all kinds of really cool stuff that we, you know, have antiques and whatnots. Um, and we kept joking that, you know, we would 
find the secret stash of gold somewhere, but we, we never found the gold uh, or the buried treasure. But as I was cleaning this top shelf, which I'm pretty tall, so I'm cleaning, you know, the top of this shelf and I feel something. I'm like, oh, yeah, it might be the gold. You know, it felt heavy. <laughs> I get up there and it's not gold. It was a grenade. And, uh, you know, so I called, you know, and, and this is North Philly. Like, it feels like we, we see everything, you know, in, in our neighborhood. So I called the police thinking this is no big deal. And they freaked out, you know. They're like, oh, my gosh, we got to bring the bomb squad in, you know. And they quite, you know, like the media came and all my neighbors are out. And they're like, wow, who are the new guys on the corner, you know. And so our house, you know, they brought in the bomb squad. But that was, uh, that, yeah, that was that was what got us uh that's how we met everyone. So yeah, wow. nothing like a grenade to bring. And it was it was to... it was a real grenade. I'll have to say yeah. the bomb squad said if you find another another one of those, you will need to call us back. You know, but uh, it was like I think it was a dud. But you know, you couldn't tell. It just 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 looked like a grenade to me. I wasn't about to like <laughs> do a little shake it around or something. <laughs> hey, you know? yes. Yeah, that could end badly. Um, <laughs> Have, have you, I'm curious if you found any ways during this pandemic, at least, you know, every state was a little different with Michigan. We had to like shut down completely-ish at one point. Well, I mean, we're still, our movie theaters aren't open and, you know, not a lot of like extra things are open. So during this time, have you found uh, good ways to kind of maintain community, whether that's in person or online or any tips or ideas? Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen a lot of creative stuff. I mean, I just got off of the call with, uh, I think it was about 500 people or something, you know, that are connecting. And there's a lot of calls connecting people around the world because it's as easy to, you know, do these Zoom calls or Skype or whatever with people on the other side of the planet as it is the people next to us right now. So there's some cool stuff, I think, happening internationally. There's some creative stuff happening with churches that... Um, I saw one of my friends, Reverend Jen, she did a kayak church, you know, floating down the rivers. And I don't, I don't have a kayak, but that looked really cool to me, you know. And uh, but then there's, you know, Leslie Callahan in Philly. She's, they do like a weekly check-in um, where, you know, like the community members can let people know that, hey, listen, I, I really need someone to go to the store for me or whatever. So I think there's like sort of a vulnerability that um, – people are maybe a little bit more sensitized right now to like, who are the people that we might be forgetting? And I think that's a great thing because maybe the pandemic in some ways can kind of uh, better prepare us to be ready for, for life after the pandemic, you know, that we, we might not still forget those elderly neighbors or folks that are in domestic violence, you know? And so there's a lot of people I think that are really vulnerable right now that we don't necessarily think of where home is, either not a safe place or they don't have a home or um, they live in a, a, you know, a recovery community that really relies on face-to-face -face meetings to um, get through another day sober. So I think there's a lot of people we need to kind of keep thinking about, you know, and, and so it's, it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool time to sort of um, create a, a space to, um, a different rhythm, you know, and, and the monastic traditions and a lot of like really wonderful, like um, some of the old monks in the desert and stuff, they lived in these quarantines really well, you know, so there were ways that they could hear God and feel God in new ways. So maybe that's good for us. And, you know, I think it's also revealed some things we weren't seeing um, 
uh, in a new way too. People without health care, people African Americans, and others that are really vulnerable and disproportionately affected by the pandemic. You know, it's sometimes said that when America catches a cold, Black folks catch pneumonia, and, and I think in some ways we see. Um, this sort of the history and pre-existing conditions, you know, of 400 years of um, racism and slavery that the pandemic is um, causing us to ask really important things about how we can make sure health care and good education and things like that are not just privileges for people that can afford it, but available to everybody. Yeah, I think it's been cool. God has been able to use something as difficult as it's time to bring to light a lot of those themes uh and some of the coalitions that we've worked with like we heard right at the beginning like we're ready for this onslaught of difficulty for all of our poorer neighbors and whatnot and so like we had to figure out we should probably get our benevolence fund up a little bit and forget about some of the usual things and and then you know as uh race came to the forefront in a lot of ways. We found these marches going on, new dialogues, new conversations. Uh, we had Jamar Tisby's kind of series that we went through on Wonderful. the color of compromise, yeah. Um, and it's been, it, it, Corona hasn't been cool, but it's been cool how God has used it to bring out of the pressure of it all, kind of a, a you know, an awareness of, of a lot of things that maybe we've, not caught on to before or yeah not caught on to as much as we should to say the least yeah yeah it's a good way to say it i i th think that you know just as it's kind of opening up our imagination i think it's it's also maybe showing us some things you know holding a mirror up to us in some ways too that um i i think of uh um some some things that they just don't hold water during the pandemic you know some of our theology you got some folks that are just the only the only container that they have is God must be doing this for a reason. You know, like um, the pandemic is God's punishment for whatever thing, you know, or or I, I've pointed out the, um, the the very problematic theology that I don't need to wear a mask because God will protect me, but I need guns. <laughs> You know, so that, that's a little bit of a, you know, but but I I got a mask that I'm not wearing because I'm alone in a room, but um, it, it says love thy neighbor. You know, so I think I think that's really one of the questions right now is that, yeah, we may have a right to meet with 500 people in a worship service, but like loving our neighbor is really the highest law. And what does it mean to to um, think about those who might be really vulnerable right now. So I, I think that's, that's a, it's a great thing, you know, for, for in that sense to, to really be uh, asking that question of what does love require of me right now? And maybe it's uh, sacrificing some things that might, I might be entitled to do, you know, uh, but uh, aren't going to be the safest thing for some of my neighbors. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I retweeted that tweet <laughs> about the guns and, and all that. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? Yeah, that, we could do a whole other episode on that, maybe bring up your book and all that. <laughs> you mentioned the, the, the racial justice reckoning, too. I, I think that that's another thing that, that this was already happening, you know, alongside the pandemic. So 
Um, and I mean, I've been on marches because I, I felt like I could be responsible with that. I went on a march from Charlottesville to D.C. on the anniversary of King's March on Washington, just walked 130 miles. I still got blisters on my feet here, you know, then whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, then I quarantined after that, you know, and everywhere we went, we were, you know, masked up and we had microphones. We had these little shower caps you put on them, you know, in each of it. So we tried to be real smart. But I think that we do need to. um take this as a space where, hey, we don't want to go back to normal. You know, normal wasn't working. Normal brought us Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. Normal brought us 140 million Americans that don't have the things that they need and, uh, you know, health care, all these. So, so I think we've we've got to use this as a space, not hoping that we get back to normal any more than we hope to go back to some kind of version of America that, uh, you know, wasn't the best for everyone. So we, we can move forward together out of this, I think, in a new way. Yeah, that's a great word. Um I've taken all the space for questions so far. Do you guys have any bubbling up? I'll let you know. They're too. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very nice. I've got the lovely Trinity happening here. So yeah, but uh, yeah, feel free to uh, chime in. Yeah, it's it's always good to talk though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what our uh, associate pastor uh, left about two years ago to go plant a recovery church here in Jackson. And you were talking earlier about, uh, um, you know, just the difficulty with recovery, because a lot of that is this face-to-face social interaction. Likewise, I think we've probably all ran into friends who have undergone probably more significant depression during this time, um, more severe thoughts bubbling up during that time, too, as to what, you know, how they deal with it. So um, what what have you found would... Uh, be good ways to help those who are especially feeling the weight of maybe isolation and loneliness right now. Is your mom calling there? Yeah, no. Uh, this yeah. always happens every time I'm trying to do it. It's cool. Go ahead. I'll just yeah, well, you know, I don't I don't know that there's really a, a perfect anecdote for that other than to like to to be really uh, to check on, in on each other, you know, and I think we needed to do that because these are these were terribly turbulent times. Um before the pandemic for so many folks. And so um, I, I think it's a time we really need to keep checking in on each other. Um, and one of my friends gave me these three Ps. Let me see if I can remember them. Um, positivity, productivity, and physicality. So like do, you know, do something physical if we're able to, or even, you know, get out in nature. Um, but then I think, you know, productivity, find something like, what can I do with this time? I'm trying to catch up on, I've got this pile of letters that I'm trying to catch up on writing over here and books I'm reading. But I think like doing something with this strange space that feels like, wow, I can, you know, read a couple books I was wanting to read or write a few letters to folks. Um, I think we get some meaning out of that too, you know, writing people who are in prison right now, who incidentally can, in many places are not able to have any visitors at all. So as difficult as this time is for so many of uh, people, I mean, I mean, just imagine, you know, living in a, 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 you know, jail cell and not being able to see your children or family. Um, and and so I think that, you know, having something that we're doing outside of ourselves is good. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know the pro- productivity part, you know. <laughs> <laughs> physicality we're trying to exercise and do things and but i think all that is good and then checking in on each other is really good you know like uh just just asking each other how we're doing and um 
and there are ways to get out and about. You know, I, I think it, it, that uh, in Philly, we've seen some cool stuff happen. We we had a, a coalition of folks that began to uh, share meals together every day on the street. So we were giving away about 600 meals a day by this coalition of groups that had come together. So really cool to see people come together that wouldn't agree on politics or theology or whatever, but, you know, can say, hey, we want to make sure that folks on the street who are particularly vulnerable right now, you know, um, feel the love and know they're not alone. And we had, you know, jazz musicians. We had folks that came and helped people get their assistance if they needed to from, you know, the the uh, money that was given because folks on the street were not exempt from that, you know, um, and to be tested for the virus, things like that. So we had nurses and doctors. And so, you know, some people are able to be on the front lines or risk in a certain way that other people aren't. So I think all of us can say, you know, what can I do right now to be light in the darkness? Yeah. I think especially during how divisive it's been lately, it's cool to see like, moments where people can come together and recognize important elements like that too cool well uh we really appreciate your time sharing with us and uh could listen for another few hours or so but (laughs) i've got your audio books for that in the meantime uh do you have any new books that you're working on right now are those all secret yeah top secret i can't can't reveal that information no i'm actually uh we're, you know, we've got our blacksmithing stuff here, so we've been, oh, yeah. our, you know, turning our, these are both made uh, out of guns that were donated. Actually, look, my friend's even been making these handles out of the old wood stock. So, oh, nice. uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, these are, this is a little, like, garden shovel and um, plow that we've made. So, Katie and I are learning a new skill of blacksmithing in the uh, pandemic, and uh, that that's my last book, you know, is Beating Guns, and, yeah. you know, we also see that even in the pandemic, the the epidemic of gun violence that has been there is is rising in many, many places, and so we, we've been trying to pray for the healing of that, that violence, you know, that expresses itself in the gun violence, and, um, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm writing a book right now, or considering writing a book that is about, um, a better ethic of life, right? That that um, takes into account abortion and gun violence and um, the movement for Black Lives and uh, the death penalty. So I've written about the death penalty and gun violence, but I think having a big, robust vision of life that says every person's created in the image of God. And, you know, that's kind of the back and forth we heard. As we were walking from Charlottesville, this 130 miles, we were we had some signs that said, Black Lives Matter. And one of the quickest things that we heard in response, we heard a lot of love and a lot of thumbs up and honked horns, but we heard, you know, we had some, you know, people flipping us off and saying other things. But one of the things that we heard over and over was all lives matter, you know, and someone even said white lives matter more, said it that explicitly, you know, out of their car. And so I think that's where we go. You know, this really is a time where we need to um, hear the cry of our brothers and sisters of color um, after 400 years of history has um, crushed them. Um, That when we say Black Lives Matter, it's affirming something that our history um, has pointed a very different direction, you know, said that they're three-fifths human, auctioned them off on street corners. And in the Dred Scott case, said that Black people have no rights that white people have to acknowledge. So over and over, we've kind of had this narrative that white people are valued more than Black folks. And so to say Black Lives Matter doesn't mean white 
people don't matter, you know. Uh, uh, but until we can say Black Lives Matter, I, I think we we don't really mean all lives matter, and we should be able to, you know. It's, it's like I heard this stand-up guy, um, I think it was Michael Shea, who said, if your wife comes up to you and says, "Baby, do you love me?" You don't say, "Honey, I love everyone." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, I think that's what many of our brothers and sisters are asking right now, you know, is, is to tell me that I matter, you know, and we can, we, we can say, yes, you matter, you know, like black lives matter to God. So let's, let's be able to uh, get on board with that. So, uh, you know, that's the last thing. Cause I, I think there's so much going on in our country. Sometimes it's, um, it, 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 that, that movement that's been happening and rising up in our streets is still happening, you know, and, and thousands and thousands of people are saying, uh, we can't breathe. And I think God feels that and we need to feel that. So, um, always good to be with you, you know, and yeah, you too. So read that Let's book. really appreciate it. So thank yeah, you. Very much. <laughs> we've been calling it subverting death. So we'll see if that ends up being the title, but, um, y'all can pray for me and keep doing your work. Grateful for you. Cheering you on. Bless you. <laughs> thank thank you. you very much. How many times must the ground open up to drink the blood of innocent skin? Mm. How many times? Will the make his way claim that I embraced his sin? They can't hear you calling out, I can't breathe. Abel's blood screams out to me mm -hmm. And they can't hear you calling out I can't breathe But baby, I haven't missed a thing tongues be lifted high If the lesson learned is set aside mm -hmm. One God for all And every language, every tribe Church is diversity as pride They can't hear you calling now I can't breathe 
Abel's blood screams out to me They can hear you calling out I can't breathe But baby I have missed a thing And I need you An image of myself. And I see you in the tomb, and your blood cries for its. I can't hear you calling out I can't breathe Abel's blood screams out to me They can't hear you calling out I can't breathe But baby I haven't missed a thing So Shane Claiborne had a lot of great stuff today and maybe you can check out his books to learn a whole lot more as well and talk to us about the things he said on the Discord. And be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and also go to the webpage, because there's good content there too.